We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back to another episode of the pack a day podcast you can get all your pack a day updates by following us on twitter at pack a day podcast and remember you can always subscribe to the podcast on itunes google play TuneIn, stitcher or spotify and of course you can check us out over at cheeseheadtv.com I'm Kyle Fellows, and I'm here with Andrew Mertig. Andrew, how's it going? It's good to be back with you for another Friday edition of the podcast. Yeah, it's great to be back. Always fun. It's Friday, right? We should be energized going into another great summer weekend. This is episode 1059, and keeping up with my theme, we're going to go 59, and one of my all-time favorite draft picks, Niall Diggs. You remember Niall Diggs? That's a throwback. That's a fun one. Yeah. Good, good work, I sir. loved him, loved him coming out of Ohio State. Um, and uh, actually, thinking about this, we are less than two months away from the very first preseason game. So that's got me really excited. This summer, I know, is going to go really fast, as it always does in the Midwest. <laughs> pretty soon, <laughs> we're going to be talking real games. But uh, I, I'm pretty excited about the series that we're going to be going through that is going to get us all the way up to the preseason. Yeah, we are on our way through the offseason, and we will admit that we are in the part of the offseason. It can be a little bit dry. It can be a little bit slow. Of course, there's always the daily Aaron Rodgers overreactions, um, but there are plenty of other things to talk about as well. There's always another layer of the offseason to peel back a little bit and study a little bit closer. And so today we want to start by taking a look not at what our Green Bay Packers did this offseason, but what their rivals did, okay? So Andrew and I are going to spend some time over the next couple of Fridays digging deep into the off-seasons of the Vikings, the Bears, and the Detroit Lions. The Packers play six games, of course, against division rivals every single year. So we thought it would be worth our time and yours as the listeners to put these three NFC North teams under the microscope just a little bit and talk about their free agent additions, subtractions, their draft picks, and then discuss whether or not these rivals of the pack got better or worse over the course of the offseason. Yeah, and that's exactly right. We're going to dig into every team on the schedule, but we place a special emphasis on these divisional games, which have gotten ever so slightly less important with the addition of the mm. 17th game, but still six out of 17 is a significant portion of your schedule. 
And we wanted to get started this week with the ever hated Minnesota Vikings. You know, the Vikings are coming off a seven and nine season. I would say that many people felt like last year was quite a disappointment. There were a few bright spots on that team, but nowhere near where they thought well, you know, they would end up. And and I think most Minnesota fans probably thought that that was a playoff caliber team coming into 2020 and really, really underperformed. So huge season coming up for Kirk Cousins, but we want to concentrate a little bit on what they did in the off season. And so Kyle, why don't you get, get us kicked off with who they may have uh, lost in free agency? Yeah, inevitably, every team loses some pieces every off season. Um, and so some subtractions here for the Minnesota Vikings include tight end Kyle Rudolph, who went to the Giants. Offensive tackle Riley Reef went over to the Cincinnati Bengals. Afedi Adenabo went to the Giants over there to play defensive end. Safety Anthony Harris is now an eagle. Uh, defensive lineman Shamar Steven was cut and then signed with Denver in April. And Dan Bailey is still a free agent um, out there available as a kicker. So I had honestly forgotten that Anthony Harris left uh, town to head to Philly. And so that's a big loss for this Vikings defense. Harris didn't have his best season probably in 2020, so I'm sure that factored into the Vikings' ability uh, to go ahead and move on from him. But uh, we'll talk in a minute, I think, about what the Vikings are going to do to replace Harris. Uh, But the other notable thing here, I think, is the way that the Vikings are letting just some of these veterans, some of these older players in general leave. Riley Reef isn't a stud probably, but he's solid. But he's 32 years old and the Vikings decided to move on and get a little bit younger there. Same thing with Kyle Rudolph. He's been really good for them for a long time, uh, but he's 32 years old as well. And so the Vikings decided it was time for the Irv Smith era to officially begin there in Minnesota. Um, You know, I really, really liked Irv Smith coming out. And so I'm really curious to see how that goes this year, uh, getting a full year of Herb Smith as a starting tight end there in Minnesota. Dan Bailey is still a free agent, uh, so surely the Vikings have a solution that they feel good about at the kicker position. Uh, but, Andrew, I don't know, man. Like, I was looking at this. The only kickers that they currently have on their roster are Greg Joseph and UDFA rookie Riley Patterson out of Memphis. So, it's interesting. So whether it's a tackle, tight end, or kicker, there are plenty of questions on this roster after some offseason departures, and they're really hoping some young guys can really step up here in 2021. Yeah, it's so funny you mentioned the Anthony Harris thing, because I think I had forgotten that too. And I think quietly that was one of the better free agent acquisitions in all of football, because the the Eagles got him for next to nothing, yeah, especially, yeah. you know, I mean, this is a guy who was franchise tagged last year, mm-hmm. and I, I had sort of taken it for granted. I'm going to talk about cornerbacks quite a bit uh, for the rest of the show, and I had sort of said, well, you know, they're going to hope to get good enough that Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris can cover that up. I I had almost completely forgotten. And then, you know, in some of the research, I was like, where is Anthony Harris on this depth yes, chart? Yes. And he's gone. And, you know, Harrison Smith, still a quality player, but he, he, is, he has regressed mm-hmm. each year over the last few. And I can't... I can't imagine you're going to assume that a safety that is entering his mid thirties is going to be as impactful as he was. And, you know, be, be that all pro player that, that he historically has been. And so maybe they don't have the safeties to kind of cover up what they're lacking uh, with the cornerbacks, but 
I'm going to transition. Oh, go ahead. The real question is, have the Vikings wasted Harrison Smith's prime? (laughs) Uh, You know, maybe. I it, it's a legitimate obviously question. you know that question rings about quarterbacks and things like that but I mean it, Harrison Smith has been one of the best players in the league probably regardless of position for a long time just steady Eddie always pro bowl worthy you know he's that kind of a player and I mean the Vikings have just kind of left him there you know like they haven't done much with it so I don't know what you I, seriously though um if you want to talk about Anthony Harris uh for just a second just an interesting nugget his pro football focus grade is the lowest that it's ever been. Um, so, I mean, I think the Eagles, like you said, made a great risk assessment there saying like, okay, chances are this guy's going to rebound and he's going to be better. So we get him for a year on a really cheap deal and we hope that we get, you know, the better version of Anthony Harris. But yeah, a big loss and a really big question mark at that safety position for sure uh, for the Vikings this year. But what about some additions, Andrew? Uh, what did the Vikings do to, to add some people? Yeah, I should have made a note of this, but the Vikings traded for offensive lineman Mason Cole from the Cardinals. Uh, Cole was a former draft crush of mine, a, a really good center at the University of Michigan and, and has made a solid career as an interior offensive lineman. And I think that's a sneaky good trade for the Vikings. They needed a solid interior player. Uh because they had some real rough goes of things. I, you know, somebody like Dakota Dozier, who I, I think is back. You'll, you'll talk about that. Sorry, didn't mean to steal your thunder there. No, uh, was a absolute liability as a starter. And um, Mason Cole should be a really good replacement. And also, you know, you, you give a guy who has experience snapping the ball and, and you assume he's going to kick to guard to play next to um, who's the Viking center? They drafted him in the first round. Garrett Bradbury. Garrett Bradbury, thank you very much. You're I welcome. almost stumped you. Um, yeah, Garrett <laughs> Bradbury. So, you know, giving, putting somebody next to him that understands the game from, from that manner, uh, I think is going to be a really good asset to a young center. The Vikings brought back defensive end Stephen Weatherly. He spent one year with the Panthers. He was a really good rotational pass rusher for them coming off the edge. And, and I think that's a, a really nice addition to, to be able to bring him back. The, the kind of splash, I, I know there's a bigger name that the Vikings signed, but defensive tackle Delvin Tomlinson was the biggest deal of their free agent signings. He's going to come in. He's going to combine with Michael Pierce. They also have Sheldon Richardson, who, by the way, is going to wear number nine this season. That's pretty cool. You and I love jersey number tops. Yeah. So defensive yeah. lineman with number nine. Uh, giving me uh, weird college flashbacks. Yeah. Uh, that's going to form a really in, in, imposing interior defensive line. The Vikings got gouged by the run last season. Hey, do you remember what Alvin Kamara did to that team? You know, I honestly, I'm blanking. Do you remember how he had like 117 touchdowns? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was against the Vikings. Yes. Uh, Their run defense was atrocious. And when they quit on the season, they quit. By the way. (laughs) cost me a whole bunch of money in a fantasy matchup because we're playing a team that had Alvin Kamara. So thanks Vikings. Not better um, at all. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like that's going to be an issue this year. You combine the return of Michael Pierce with Delvin Tomlinson and Sheldon Richardson, you would assume they'll be pretty stout up front, but uh, you know, we will wait to see. They also signed linebacker Nick Vigil, who I think is a pretty sneaky, good, solid depth signing. At, at minimum, he's a great special teams player, um, but I think he can contribute in some ways on on your base defense. 
And then they uh, signed a trifecta of cornerbacks. Of course, Patrick Peterson is the big name out there, but they also got Bashad Breeland very late in the process. Uh, and then also the return of Mackenzie Alexander. So, you know, the Vikings are definitely going to try to fix this cornerback position with quantity, um, if maybe not quality. Uh, that's maybe a slight dig at who they signed. But, you know, Patrick Peterson was not good in Arizona last year. I get he's a name brand player, but like, oof. You watched the Cardinals as much as I did last year because, uh, hey, had Kyler Murray, uh, my fantasy <laughs> team. You you uh, started to see that, man, they have a liability at one of their corners, and it's this guy who has been a uh, legend historically for, for them. But, uh, you know, the, the Vikings are hoping he has a Xavier Rhodes-like resurgence after they got burned by letting Rhodes walk to Indy last year. Uh, Bashad Breeland has always been a hot and cold player, and, and now he's older, so I'm not so sure that he is even a lock to make the team. He's going to get toasted. He's going to have some costly penalties, but he's at least a serviceable veteran. He can make some plays. We we know, uh, you know, he was he was a interesting fit in Green Bay, but then they let him walk, and so um, that that's going to be a really uh, interesting to see if he can make the team and and how he'll be able to contribute. Mackenzie Alexander returns, like I said, after a year away, just like Stephen Weatherly, they let him walk, and then they brought him right back. Um, and he's going to look to find a spot in the roster and sort of salvage a career that had a lot of promise at at one point and and now is maybe in a little bit more of a tenuous spot. They also uh, signed safety Xavier Woods, who. You know, he has has shown some flashes in his career, but they're they're probably going to be looking to um, have him compete for that spot opposite Harrison Smith. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, so some really interesting additions that the Vikings did make. I feel like a lot of chess pieces that they all have to kind of fall into their role. And so we'll see, like, who ends up being the impact guys. Um, like you mentioned, some older guys. And so we'll, we'll see how this works out. Some other re-signings, the guys that were in their building that they valued enough to bring back. Uh, offensive lineman Dakota Dozier, as Andrew mentioned. This is a player, if you look around Vikings Twitter, they are all like, why? Like, why did we bring this guy back? We've made other moves. We brought in other players. Why did we feel like it was so important? Yes, you should come back and play for us again because you helped us do absolutely nothing last year. I know that's incredibly unfair to Dakota. I'm sure he's an incredibly nice guy. But Vikings fans were like, why? This does not make any sense. Oh, they also brought back running back Amir Abdullah uh, for some depth there at the running back position. So 
I think the most notable thing here, and we're going to talk about some of the same things because you talked about this already, but the secondary for this team is really, really interesting and how different it is going to be, how different it is from just two years ago is insane. Anthony Harris is gone. We talked about that. In steps, probably Xavier Woods or somebody else who beats him out. But uh, he did have a rough year in Dallas last year. But I've always liked Xavier Woods. And so I would be hoping for him to have a good year if he was on another team. But, you know, how that goes. Um, Of course, the additions of Patrick Peterson and Bashad Breeland add a ton of veteran help to that secondary, as you mentioned. I think it's worth noting that when your draft picks don't work out, we talked about this, you do have to dip into free agency to find some answers. And with Jeff Gladney having his legal issues, that certainly interrupted the the Vikings' plans at cornerback. And so it's interesting. I'm not sure that this team has a number one corner on the roster. You know, talked about Patrick Peterson. He's been an ace throughout his career, but he's clearly in decline. Freeland isn't a number one. Cameron Dantzler, Mackenzie Alexander, they're not that guy either. So it's really important to me to watch how this all comes together and see how the Vikings deal with receivers like Allen Robinson and, of course, Devontae Adams. Um, but we'll check all that out, see how it pans out to the rest of the, the offseason and see who they're going to roll out there when the Packers do get to play them. But uh, let's check out what the Vikings did in the draft this spring as well. Yeah, so I was um, you know, listening to another podcast, and they were talking about the, the best players in, in each division. And you know, if you look at cornerback throughout the NFC North, the best corner by far is Jair Alexander, right? Yeah. But who's number two? Who's number two? Like, honestly, Kyle Fuller's gone. Yeah. Jeff Akuda had a really rough rookie year. Yeah. But you would you would think maybe um, the Vikings, I you know, I don't know. Again, just to go to your point, I don't know who their number one is. This Kevin is a King. division. Well, <laughs> I don't want to say that out loud. But, you know, this is a division that has a severe lack of defensive back help. And yeah. some really good wide receivers. Right. And so it's interesting, the the Packers who have at least, you know, over the last 20 years or so, had the arguably the best passing offense almost every year, yeah. um, now have the best corner, but we, we don't know where that depth kind of comes from in the division. And so... You know that that's interesting, and and the Vikings continue to struggle there, and and I'll I'll talk about that a little bit more in in a few minutes. But yeah, we we do need to talk about their draft class, and it's another doozy. It's it's not as bad as last year when I was exhausted halfway through listing off the Vikings draft <laughs> picks, but it's still a pretty long list because Rick Spielman yeah. likes drafting folks. Yeah, take uh, a and, deep breath before you get into this one, just to yeah, prepare. <laughs> I I won't comment on every player. I promise. Uh, we actually did that earlier in this offseason anyways, but um, I will highlight the first at least few picks. Um, and, you know, and in round one, they traded down to pick 23. They got Christian Derrissaw, the offense tackle from Virginia Tech. And he may, in some some eyes, have been the steal of the entire first round, especially when you factor in that trade down, because the Vikings were able to pick up like half of the third round uh, and still get the player they likely would have taken in their original spot anyways. And, you know, Darisol looks the part of a, uh, you know, plug and play left tackle in the NFL. And that's pretty awesome to get at 23. For me, he was my 25th overall player. So I thought he kind of got picked where he should have. Um, and he was OT four, but, um, part of that was just, you know, how he tested and, and things like that. So, 
Um, I thought the Vikings did a really good job there addressing their number one need and still accumulated a bunch of extra picks. Uh, one of those, at pick 66, they took quarterback Kellen Mond from Texas A&M. And I don't typically like taking a quarterback in the second or third round, but I did basically have the same grade on Mond as I did Mac Jones. So, you know, I thought the third round was a very appropriate place to draft him, unlike Mac Jones going at, at 15 overall. Uh, but, you know, to me, Kellen Mond, like, is his ceiling just a really good backup in the NFL? And, like, what's the value of that? I don't know. Do you want to talk about, like, I don't want to interject too much here, but, like, there's been a lot of buzz about, like, oh, Kelamond, and, like, some people speculating, like, Kirk Cousins has got to be, like, feeling the heat, like, you know, like, or is he upset that they, like, invested in a quarterback? His contract does not suggest that, like, that the Vikings can move on from him at any point in the next two years like he is their starter for 2021 and 2022 so like i mean he can breathe a deep sigh of relief just like i mean calamond is there to play but like this is not a like real threat and it's the third round so i mean don't worry packers fans we're gonna get a couple more years of kirk cousins i think (laughs) well the i mean the vikings just kept giving him more guaranteed money yeah to help you know, push some things back and, and I think make Kirk feel more secure in his role. And you're absolutely right. They cannot afford to move on uh, from, from Kirk Cousins for at least a couple more years. And, um, you know, then the, the second third round pick that they had, they ended up taking Chaz Surratt, the linebacker from North Carolina. He's a tall athletic linebacker. And, you know, the Vikings certainly have a type. Uh, Surratt is the quarterback convert that Kyle and I talked a lot about pre-draft. He's a developmental guy, but, you know, could end up being a real steal in a year or two if they can find a way to develop him and replace uh, guys like Eric Kendricks and Anthony Barr, who are quietly getting a little bit old, yeah. um, you know, or maybe they move Chaz Surratt back to quarterback and, and just have an all out <laughs> quarterback competition here. Go. Um, but yeah, no, the, the rest of the Vikings picks, they got Wyatt Davis, the guard from Ohio state, Patrick Jones, an edge rusher from Pittsburgh, Kenny, uh, in Wangu, uh, the, the huge running back from Iowa state, Cameron Bynum, a safety from Cal, Janarius Robinson, the uber athletic edge rusher from Florida state, Amir Smith, Marset, the wide receiver from Iowa that I know a lot of Packers fans really love Zach Davidson, the tight end from central Missouri, who has a ton of upside, uh, and then Jalen Twyman, a defensive lineman from Pittsburgh. Yeah, so that is your 11 draft picks for the Minnesota Vikings. Andrew is taking a drink right now and trying to catch his breath. But um, I think a lot of people thought that Ezra Cleveland would end up playing tackle for this team eventually. But it seems like he's going to stick at guard after the Vikings did take Christian Derrissaw, as Andrew mentioned there, uh, in the first round. And I think the biggest pick in this class for this Vikings team might end up being the guard, Wyatt Davis, there in the third round. If he's a good right guard for the Vikings, that's absolutely huge. We talked about Dakota Dozier. I said too much about Dakota Dozier, but Drew Samia was also someone who really, really struggled on the interior for this team. So if Cleveland and Davis give Minnesota a long-term plan with Garrett Bradbury at center, I know we talked about Mason Cole being sprinkled in there as well. In theory, the Vikings did a really nice job addressing their offensive line this offseason. So I think that those are some nice moves. It's kind of felt like a hodgepodge of a puzzle for them for a couple years. It kind of feels like there's a linear plan now uh, for who they want to play in which spots. So uh, good on the Vikings for making some sense out of that. Um, I, you know, love the Amir Smith-Smart. Wow, try that again. 
Amir Smith-Marset. Um, and that pick that late, I think a lot of people, the buzz was growing, and I think it kind of got out of control. But really, this team doesn't have a lot out of Justin Jefferson, outside of Jeff- Justin Jefferson. Obviously, Adam Thielen is there, uh, but he's getting old. And so I think Amir Smith-Marset might be someone who could take on a bigger role maybe sooner than people would think. He could be kind of a fun gadget guy to get involved. So um, fun draft class, huge draft class. Uh, Big question, Andrew. What do we think? Did the Vikings get better or worse over the course of this offseason? Yeah, better? I I mean, I guess, sure. They they were 7-9, so better could mean just fighting for one of those last playoff spots. They certainly are are going to have one factor of improving, and that is getting Daniil Hunter back. Uh, They also improved the team where they needed to, I think. You know, the offensive line, you you just got done talking. They should be much better. Uh, The defensive line should be much better, right? Daniil Hunter, we talked about Michael Pierce coming back from sitting out. We talked about Delvin Tomlinson. That line should be significantly better. So getting better in the trenches is is really important. But is the secondary better? I I guess you could say they're better, but maybe not significantly better. And you need to stop the pass to win in this league. That seems to be pretty important, right? You know, one thing that we're going to want to consider, you and I, and, and, and this is just taking an assessment of what's going on around the league, the NFC has taken a step back overall this offseason, right? You know, the retirement of Drew Brees, I think. Granted, Tampa brought every everybody back, but is this still the Tampa team that with like four weeks left to go in the regular season, we weren't sure it was going to make playoffs? Or is yeah. it the team that got hot at the end and, and, and won the Super Bowl? Is Aaron Rodgers coming back to Green Bay? I mean, we're, we're not going to spend any time on that question. But, like, obviously the Packers go from a powerhouse in the NFC to a question mark, right? Still a good team, but are they? do they have the potential to be a great team with Jordan Love at the helm? We don't know that. And so the NFC as a whole, you would assume the 49ers are going to return a little bit. You would assume the Seahawks are going to get a little bit better. There's some teams that were kind of on the fringe, and there's always somebody that comes out of nowhere. I, I think there's some teams in the NFC East, especially teams like the Washington football team, mm, yeah. um, that the, the Dallas Cowboys that we could see really propel. But the NFC as a whole is very wide open, I think, mm-hmm. you know, as of today. So the Vikings could compete. I, I just don't see a colossal difference between the Bears, Vikings, and if Aaron Rodgers is not on the Green Bay Packers. I think those three teams kind of get clumped together in the North. They sort of beat each other up. I could very well see the Vikings finishing. Sorry, got to do mental math now to figure <laughs> out 17. 7 and 10, 8 and 9. I could see him in that range. I could also see him winning 10 or 11 games, um, making the playoffs. But is this a team that we really would take seriously as a competitor? it's so interesting Andrew because I feel like every year and I know they've had good seasons but it does feel like there's a hump that they they just can't quite get over to be taken seriously as a contender and it feels like even when they're in the top of the standings there's something about the Vikings that they're not perceived as the team that's going to get over that hump to get, you know, into the NFC championship and then get to the Super Bowl. There's something, and maybe that's Kirk Cousins and maybe that's not fair because we like to slam Kirk Cousins as, 
you know, as Packer fans and those kinds of things. But I think that there is a certain hurdle when your quarterback is kind of a middle of the road, you know, franchise quarterback that, you know, it, it prevents you from getting to those places. But it's really interesting. You're right. This NFC does seem wide open. The NFC West is going to be really interesting to see how far Kyler Murray can take, you know, the Cardinals, how much better the Rams are with Matt Stafford. So there's some wild cards ascending teams. But yeah, I mean, you're right. The shuffle of teams with the older quarterbacks, we don't know how they're going to fall and those kinds of things. So really interesting to watch all of that. Um, but I do think this Vikings team did get better all things considered um, I think there are places where they're going to have big holes absolutely I think the secondary is one of those places and is going to be very beatable um, they're going to be an injury or two away from being a total mess at that cornerback position but I think this team got better in a lot of places first I already mentioned the offensive line I love the things that they did there obviously those players have to pan out you know two of those players in the factor or the factor into this they're draft picks and so if they bust then the plan is ruined, right? But um, this is the first time in a few years that I really do feel like they have a great plan there at the offensive line. So optimism, if you're a Vikings fan, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast, but you can feel good about your offensive line. Um, obviously, um, having an offensive line like that helps your quarterbacks, your receivers, your running backs. Um, all things move a little bit sl- uh, smoother if that happens. As much as I hate to see it, I really do think uh, Justin Jefferson will continue to just get better. Um, But the defensive line is really where I think that they should be the most excited because we've talked about this already plenty, but Dalvin Tomlinson is huge. Michael Pierce coming back from that opt-out, that's just huge for how bad this team was in the running game last year. So I don't think the Lions or the Bears pose a serious threat to the Packers. Um, I think Green Bay is still better than those teams, even without Aaron Rodgers. I think it's going to take a while for Justin Fields to maybe be the player that I think he can and will eventually be. Uh, But I do think the Vikings have a good roster, and I think they'll be the team that the Packers have to watch out for in the NFC North this upcoming season. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, when it comes down to matchups for 2021, the Packers and Vikings don't face off until Week 11. Um, And on Week 11, they do get a uh, Sunday noon game at the Bird Murder Dome in Minneapolis, Minnesota, or St. Paul. I'm not actually sure. I've been there. I just I don't remember if U.S. Bank is in Minneapolis or St. Paul. So some important. Me. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those two. Um, <laughs> in week 17, which is not the last week of the season, we have to get used to this stuff. That is weird. So yeah, it's so weird. different. Yeah, week 17. So the penultimate week of the regular season. Just wanted to use a big word. That's a really nice uh, word. Yeah, the the Packers and Vikings are scheduled to play Sunday night football at Lambeau Field, which, of course, would be very special. I do believe that's a flexible game, though, so mm. they could potentially mm. get kicked out of that spot. Okay. Um, so two two late-ish season games um, for, for these two division rivals, which I, I think will be really interesting. Um, but that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Packet Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit, and you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Please subscribe and rate the podcast if you like what we're doing. You can get to Kyle and myself every single Friday. Next week, we'll be back to continue our conversation on the Packers 2021 opponents when we discuss the Chicago Bears. Thanks for listening. And as always, remember...
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.